You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So I don't know what it is, but Shannon, we have had an influx of emails You're from, telling our, me. from our listeners the last week, and it's been amazing that the variety of things that are coming in, the praise, the thoughts, the, man, you guys are the best thing since sliced bread. Actually, we didn't ever get that statement, but, you know. I love the one who said, you guys are off the leash in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to be off the leash roaming around free. <laughs> Going crazy. This is Sexy Marriage Radio, where we love hearing from our listeners, and we love hearing questions and thoughts and concerns and, and praise and comments. So if you've got something that you want us to cover or just something you want to say, uh, we are all ears, even if it's negative. I'm open to it. We want to hear it. So you can send it to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, give us any kind of reviews, five star if you like what we're doing, because that helps us climb the charts in the sexuality category. And on that note, in the sexuality category, there is a lot of garbage in there in <laughs> iTunes. I can imagine. And so, but did you tell me that we've been consistently like in the top ten, sometimes even in the top five? Uh, we have not. We've been to five once, and, ah. and I, so thank you, devoted listeners, for making that happen. But we, it's interesting because we drop around. I mean, it, we go. You know, shows come out on Wednesday, so. We get a spike of, of listeners, obviously, when new shows come out. And then it kind of levels off. And so we'll drop back out of the top 10 and even down into the 60s mm -hmm. on the rankings, which is weird. And then immediately we're back up. And so it's kind of all over the place. But when you help spread the word as a listener, you help us stay up higher and higher. And that's, that's the goal. That we want to spread the message that married sex is great sex and that there's lots of good things that can happen. Yeah, I just want to remind people, too, to hit those archives that they don't just yep. get what we send out Wednesday mornings. They can go back and listen to old shows. Yeah, yep. every show is at SexyMarriageRadio.com. So one of the things we've mentioned um, as far as that, we get, we've had a whole lot of emails lately. And we take to heart everything that comes through our inbox. And, and we, love, we do. love hearing stories and struggles and to know kind of what's going on behind closed doors because that helps massage and shape new shows for us and new topics but this is one of those those shows shannon that this is a tougher one because this is something we get a lot of i mean i know the course of sexy marriage radio that i've been doing this for over two years now and i've seen this email regularly yeah but have failed to devote a full show to it until now and and that is the idea of the sexless marriage that you've got the spouse that listens to our show because they're really, you know, they're desperate for how can I get this going better? How can I experience better sex? Or even how can I experience sex in my marriage when I have a spouse that just isn't interested? Yeah. And usually we brainstorm, you know, okay, is there a, a joke or a, a clever something that we can say to open a show? We decided, you know what, with this one, it's really just not a laughing matter right. and we don't want to make light of anyone's pain. Um, and so I, I do think that we need to go here just as a, a kind of a tip of the hat to those who are feeling uh, a little left out in the cold. Right. Uh, it's certainly not our intention to um, to frustrate you in any way. We certainly want to give you hope and inspiration for the future and what that might hold. But we just want to take some time today to hopefully give you some words of comfort um, and, and just let you know 
um, that we have heard you, yeah. uh, that we have read your emails, that we do feel your pain, and we'll, you know, maybe we'll brainstorm together and come up with something that maybe they hadn't thought of before. Yeah, Who knows? and it, and that's just it. It's 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 recognizing. I, to start, let's do this because this the medical definition of a sexless sexless marriage. I mean, that's just so you can kind of get an idea of a framework of our discussion. That technically, what they say a sexless marriage is is if you have sex less than ten to twelve times a year. So it's once a month ish. Is less than that is kind of what I've seen in the literature. Yeah. That kind of qualifies for the sexless marriage. And yet there are some people listening right now that go, Wow, I'm I'm actually excited if I get it once a month because right. it is such a rarity right. at my house. Right. So interesting. I didn't realize that there was technically a medical definition. So that's, well, that's good yeah, to and, know. And medically, it might, might be the wrong phrase. It's, it's the, what the literature that I know of that I've come across in the research. Right. That's Psychologically. Right. It, yeah. So, but that kind of helps frame what we're, what our discussion is because you have to realize that in my book, in every marriage, there is a high desire and a low desire. So if you're asking the high desire, what's a sexless marriage? If it's less than what they want, they could think of it as a, as a sexless marriage. Yeah, there are some people who are having sex at least once a week, and they consider it a sexless right, marriage. Right, because it's not happening on the frequency I want. Right. So it's it's just kind of realizing that, all right, this is this is something where sex has, is not occurring on a regular basis and it, it and sometimes it's really barren you know it's not an ex it's not existent at all right that and, one partner is is literally shut down right sexually or emotionally or both and and this can be both genders that's very very clear on this that it's mm -hmm. not always just the wife that is i'm not interested in sex we've had i can think off the top of my head right off the bat three emailers that have that have emailed sexy marriage radio in the life of our show that where the husband has had no interest in sex. One emailer, even that they have not had sex their entire marriage. Oh wow! That, well, at shannonethridge.com, I hear from women weekly right. who are saying, "When are you going to write the sexually confident husband book?" Because I'm not the one who struggles with sexually with sexual confidence. So the sexually right. confident wife was good, but it didn't hit me where I needed to be hit. I, I need my husband to wake up. So right. thank you for acknowledging that it's not always the woman who struggles yes. with this issue. Yeah, and so. I think first things first, Shannon, is we have to, I mean, this is kind of our, <laughs> the wheelhouse we go to on everything that we talk about on this show. But if you want to address this in your relationship, obviously the first step is you talk about it. I mean, you, you, you ha it's not like you haven't talked about it before. So keep that in mind. Right. But first things first is you have to have that conversation. And, and how you start that conversation is most likely going to be the same spirit that that conversation ends. Yep. So I would not recommend charging in like a bull in a china closet or beating them over the head with this particular show or anything like that. Because if, if the spouse feels threatened or judged in any way, they're going to shut down even more. Right. That is not the way to get someone to open up and to discuss a, a very serious matter with you. Right. And so kid gloves on eggshells, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate that you may feel as if you have to do that, but the reality is, is the more tenderly and compassionately you approach this subject, hopefully the more tenderly and compassionately they'll respond. Right. And that's, that's interesting. One of the phrases you just said just sparked something in me, Shannon, of that on eggshells, I'm going to say no on eggshells. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say even before you have this conversation, and I'm going to speak directly to the, the partner that is interested in sex in their marriage, that, that okay. they want it in their marriage, they want it in their life. Before you even have this conversation, it seems like you need to have a little 
maybe a lot of soul searching of is a sexless marriage a deal breaker for you? What do you really believe? What do you really want in your marriage? If 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 life without sex with your with your spouse is a possibility, is that a deal breaker? And that's a rough, tough journey to have mm, to go indeed. down. But, but if I come at this conversation with, you know, hey, this is just what I want, but I'm not going anywhere, then what's it, the motivation of your spouse to do anything or confront some things? Right. You, you can't use it as leverage right. to pry them into a position that they're not ready to go into. If, right. if they don't feel the freedom to say no, they will never feel the freedom to say yes. Right. And and I completely agree with that. But it's also one of those, as the partner that wants sex, I have to be able to come at it with this mindset of, look, this is something I want in my life, and I don't know how long I'm willing to wait. It, that it's not a manipulation, but it even kind of comes across that way as I'm talking about it. Well, how, how can those two go hand in hand? Because someone may be struggling with, okay, wait a minute, Corey, you just told me that I'm supposed to say I'm not going anywhere, but then you told me, to say, no, no, I'm no, not sure no. how long I'm willing to wait. Okay, but I don't want to think that I, I might have misspoke. That It's not about I'm not going anywhere. That, but you have to get to that grip of, look, this is a deal breaker for me. And if it is, then you have to treat it as such and be willing to go somewhere. And this is a personal journey for each person, isn't it? Right. And there are some people that it would only be... I don't want to say under the threat because I'm not encouraging people to threaten divorce, but it would only be under the possibility of, you know, long lasting ripple effects for generations yeah. to come in their family that yeah. they would awaken themselves to the fact that even though this may not be important to me, this is important to my spouse. Yeah. And I need to figure out what is the hurdle holding me back in the bedroom. Right. Because and so by all means, let's, let's do this. Let's have you, uh, you know, speak for the person who is most interested. And, and then I want to come back, you know, um, just exploring some conversation, uh, from the person's, uh, perspective who is the more, is the less interested party. I want to say disinterested, but the less interested party. And again, this is not a stereotypical thing. Right. That, yeah. It's going to be the man pursuing. Me, it's going to okay. be the woman rejecting. That's not it at all. Right. It's just, I work with a lot of clients who have been shut down sexually. I do these four day women at the well workshops. Uh, and a lot of times it's for women who are acting out side of their marriage, but a lot of the women who come in, they've simply turned the sexuality switch off. They're right. just trying to figure out how can I learn to light the fire for my husband once again, because there's nothing in me that wants sex, but there's always a root cause. Okay. There's always a reason because a normal, healthy, functioning human being who was raised in a home that didn't instill a bunch of, you know, religious taboos or whatever, if there wasn't a lot of guilt or shame or abuse, it's very rare that someone would just simply not have a libido. Okay. Unless there's a chemical imbalance of their body is not producing much testosterone at all. I just can't fathom that there's not a root cause that, that leads them to be less interested than the other spouse. Okay, so you're coming at it from the school of that sex is a natural drive, a natural desire. Absolutely. Just okay. like our hunger, our thirst, okay. uh, our, our sleepiness, all of these are in response to natural biological drives. And sex is the, the fourth component. You know, our brain is comprised of four pleasure centers that we constantly gravitate back to over and over again for survival. And that's food, water, sleep, and sex. Okay. But sometimes people can flip that sex switch 
off, but there's always a reason. Like you had said earlier, there's a, a psychology behind everything we do. Right. Everything. And there's a psychology as to why someone would so insulate themselves against sexual intimacy as to become disconnected from their spouse in the bedroom. Okay. So let's, let's talk about some of those reasons. But you, you go ahead, Corey. What did you have in mind for the spouse who wants to initiate this conversation? Well, a lot of it just comes down to the idea of I need to, I need to, after I've done my soul searching of, okay, this is something that, I mean, I don't, I was, it's interesting, right before we got on the air, I was having a conversation with someone else about this. And it was just one of those, what would I do if, you know, if, if Pam came home one day and it wouldn't just happen this flippantly, but let's, for the sake of our conversation, let's act like it does, comes home and says, you know, honey, I've had this realization. I'm not interested in ever having sex again in my life that we've got all the kids we need right yeah don't really see the point right it's yeah we've had some good times and yeah i've enjoyed it some but i'm just you know i don't want to dedicate the time and the energy and the mess and all that comes with it sometimes so i'm done i'm not going to sit there and say hey thanks for sharing you know it's now i know where you're coming from you know (laughs) that doesn't it's like okay now the ball's in my court to decide what do i really want in my life what do I really want in my marriage? And, and, and that's a tough one because, you know, we've 20 plus years now. And so it's like, I can't just easily say, I, well, I'll just throw it all away because I want sex that much. But it is something I want in my life. So after you've gone through that searching and come to the realization of, okay, I'm, I'm not willing to live in a sexless marriage. And that's pretty much what the people that are emailing are saying. Isn't it that they're saying, I don't want this. I, I want, absolutely. I, I want the, this yeah, they're in feeling my robbed. Life. Right. So if you don't come at it with a firmness of honey, I understand where you're coming from. You have every right to not want sex, but if you want to hold on to that as much as you want to, that might mean you're not holding on to me. And that's the dilemma of a relationship, isn't it? That, mm that on both sides, both sides have every right to how they want to live their life and what they want to do. That's, that's a God given thing. And even then it brings into this, well, what kind of commitment do I have to my marriage? What kind of commitment do I have? Is divorce wrong? And we can go all kinds of ways with this, but that's not where we're going with this show. It's more of when I have a firmness of, okay, honey, I'm willing to wait and see, but this is not something I'm willing to wait at this point forever. And so I'm not and I think that it's important to press the pause button right there and say, remember that even though they may feel this way today, right, they may not feel this way next week, right? That and you can't assume that this person has made this decision for the rest of their lives. Just find out where they are today, right? And that's also kind of finding what out where led you them are. to this point, yeah, where you are today, too. On because it's something I want, but maybe down the road it's not as important. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So it's, it's realizing that there's not a step-by-step way that you go through this. And more conversations typically don't bring it about because this is a huge gridlock issue. And the definition of gridlock is where what I want is blocked by what my partner wants. It's, there's no way through it. And more conversation doesn't help. Yeah, so, and sometimes it only makes it worse. It, it does because it just further exacerbates the gridlock feel of like, ah, we've talked and talked and talked and talked and talked about this. But once you reach critical mass, then you discover that there's ways through gridlock. And that's largely by making decisions based on the dilemmas that are ahead of you. 
and and the person who is the less interested party may be thinking, well, you have no right. You, you know, you may want, want sex, but I don't. And you just have to accept that. But you, ha you have to realize that, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't cook for your husband, he can go to McDonald's. Or if, yeah. if you don't uh, bring home the bacon for your wife, she can always go out there and get her own job. I mean, there's, there are certain yep. things that it's like, okay, we can navigate around this somehow, some way. Uh, but when it comes to sex, what are they supposed to do? Right. Yeah. Cause we're stuck. I mean, if, if without being really going against our integrity of our commitments to things, you're really stuck, aren't you? You are. And, and you know, I, I definitely think that we need to follow this show up with another show on masturbation okay. because those two kind of go hand in hand and I'm not, you know, not trying to make a bad pun here or anything, but the reality is, is if one person has a high sex drive or even just a moderate to low sex drive, even if they just want sex on occasion, but their spouse is not an interested or willing participant, what are they supposed right. to do with that energy? Right. How do you get rid, rid of the biological drive and release? Exactly. How do you satisfy that craving in right. a way that doesn't lead to, uh, you know, to an affair or, you know, prostitution right. or whatever. I mean, you, you, there's just, there's gotta be some sort of avenue of relief because this is indeed a biological drive and to expect someone to have zero sexual arousal or fulfillment, I think is about the equivalent on the cruelty scale of starving someone to death. Okay. If it's a biological need, it's a biological need. Would you agree? Uh, to a point, I think it can be controlled yeah. for a temporary time. I'm not saying that he has to have sex today or he'll explode or she will. No, or... Yeah, that, I don't believe in the blue balls mindset. And yeah, and no, I'm not, that. I'm not saying on a short term basis, right. on, but on a long term basis, I do think that it is a human being's right to decide if, if they're willing to give up sex or not. And if they're not, then the partner who is less interested needs to figure out what is holding them back. Right. Well, and it, but I also think on the same token, and this is where we, it, it, I believe it's a biological drive because there is a component of it that just perpetuates the species. I mean, that's the, that's the design of it. That's, that's, that's how we keep right. human, and, the human race going. So there's a definite need. Right. And it. even if, if you're not getting the need fulfilled in reality during the day, it will keep you awake at night. It will haunt right. you in your dreams. I mean, you, it will just, it will chase you. But you I know, also, it, at the same it's time, it's like a hunger pain. It doesn't right. go away until it's satisfied. Well, I, but I also think at the same time, there are people that are perfectly okay, capable and willing, and it's completely within their control to decide I don't want to have sex in my life. I don't need it. It's not a part of who I, it does. It's not important to me. Yeah. And they're okay. I mean, I think you're fine saying that, but it's, it's one of those, if you want to live that, that means you're willing to live with the consequences of that too, with, when it comes to relationships, because I mean, can you imagine Shannon that, okay, you, you, you meet and fall in love with Greg and you're, you're five, six, seven years into it. And now he comes to you one day and says, you know, okay, I'm done. I've had enough sex to, to last a lifetime. So I'm, See, I'm done. thinking bait and switch. Yeah. That's a total bait and switch. That's, oh yeah. But think yeah. of how many times we actually do that kind of stuff with things that this whole, well, I know that I thought that this would go away and I thought I could make more money and I thought that I, you know, but Hey, you said for better or for worse. So therefore you have to accept me. And uh, wait, hold on a sec. Now we're getting into different waters of, ah, uh, man, there's, sure, divorce isn't a great option, 
No, but, but especially a, if there's children involved. But, but a bad marriage, that's bad too. It is. And you know, I met one couple in my entire 20 years of speaking and writing and coaching on this topic that both of them said that neither of them were interested in having sex. But of course, when I asked enough questions, what I learned is they had both been sexually abused in childhood. Right. And therefore, neither of them were interested. But they made such a great pair in that he didn't feel cheated. She didn't feel cheated. They got along great. You know, unfortunately, it was second marriages for them. So they weren't looking to procreate or anything. So it worked for them. So if, if both spouses are in that camp and nothing's broke, then you don't have to worry about fixing anything. Right. But what do you do when one of you wants it and the other one does well, not? See, cause that's where it's so interesting because you could sit there and have the argument of the person with the high desire has every right. Well, mm. but, but so oh. does the person with the low desire. So it's not right and wrong. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's just, it, it's the dynamic of the relationship. And so when you're faced with one wants it, the other doesn't, man, there's some tough steps that you have to take, but it's not about this whole flashlight into the future where I know, okay, I make this move and then I'll do this and then I'll do this, then I'll do this. It's more, no, 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 wait, this is where I am right now. And I'm going to let it be known that, that I would like you to make yourself more available to me. I would like for you to figure out what it is that's holding you back. I, and, and I will be here with you through it. Right. But I want to see some progress in this. And then if, and if I don't know when that time frame is, here's, here's my conversation. You had brought this up at the beginning of the show. So I'm kind of playing this role now. Just, we just stumbled right into it. <laughs> so, okay. That, that I, I, I don't know. I will be here with you through it. I don't know how long I'm willing to be here with you through it. But for now, I'm in. And, and I'm, we got too much. I'm not throwing this away. But this is a, an important part of what I want in my life at this moment. So what would it what would be the next steps what what could you know maybe we need to go see somebody maybe let's let's research some stuff let's i already found sexy marriage radio they have great stuff they're the best thing on there you know there's no plug <laughs> but anyway okay there's a phrase that you said earlier Corey, that has stuck in my brain and i suspect that it may have stuck in listeners brain so i want to rewind the tape to it please do when you said every right you know and i have every right that makes it sound as if my need sh- my need to connect sexually should override your need not to connect sexually. Okay. And and so I just want to make sure that we are not, um, you know, we're not saying that right. you have the right to force your partner no, or manipulate no, no, no. your partner no. or even coerce your partner. Uh, we hope that you can successfully seduce your partner in a really fun and healthy way. Um, one of the assignments that I frequently give couples who are struggling with this is, you know what, just take sex off the table. Let's just say for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, you guys pick. You know, the, the one with the least desire, they get to choose their window of time and ask for permission to please don't expect me to be sexual during this window of time. Okay. And maybe uh, instead you focus on just healthy skin-to-skin contact, holding hands, sitting next to each other on the couch, foot rub, back rub, but that the spouse knows full well they're not going to push this into sex. They're not going to expect me to have sex. And it kind of gives them an opportunity to just reestablish some boundary lines. Right. Because so oftentimes people shut down sexually because their sexual boundaries have been penetrated in a very unhealthy way before. Right. I do think that 
having experienced some form of sexual abuse in the past is the number one reason sure. that people shut down. But just in the few minutes that we have left here, I, I want to explore a few others. Let's just start, um, you know, aiming a machine gun and just firing away of just the multitude of different issues that could have created someone to feel this way. And they haven't even made the connection between those two things. So when I say abuse, um, you know, what else comes to mind, Corey? Well, I have a list. I'm going to check things off as you say them and I say them. And, and let's just see how exhaustive of a list we can create here in these last few minutes. Well, to me, that's the number one and almost always the case, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that it, 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 it goes back to something that happened and it was on a date. It was totally inappropriate. It was a family member. I mean, it was straight on totally crossing the line, but sometimes it can even be just the psychological wounding of, Things just went too far, and you didn't say anything, but it, it there was a scar deep down that was like, yeah. now all of a sudden I feel shameful. And, right, and, and, and you felt guilty. threatened right. in that moment. Well, right. but it, it could also be that in the moment I didn't feel anything was wrong, but now when I look back on it, I realize I kind of went against some of the things I believe, and now I feel shameful. And so— Right. And maybe, maybe in hindsight, you realize that you are actually the more predatory one. I'm right. actually working on a fiction novel right now where the woman is totally shut down sexually in her marriage, but it's because she feels so much shame over how she sexually pursued a much older man when she was only 15. Yeah. And she just feels so dirty about herself and she has associated all things sexual with that feeling of guilt and shame. Yeah. And so beyond abuse, I think the number two most common reason is religious taboos. Yeah. I think that when kids grow up in an environment where they think that sex is dirty, nasty, and bad instead of beautiful, holy, sacred, uh, then they feel as if if they enjoyed it, then they themselves would be dirty, right. nasty, and bad. Right. There's something wrong. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, religion can play a really healthy role in someone's sexual development or it can play a really unhealthy role in someone's sexual development. Yeah. And it's only up to you to figure out, you know, which was the case for you. Yeah. And then come at it. Let's go for a flip side. that just came to my mind that I, I can think of it for the, the high desire that has skewed what, what sex is supposed to be because of porn. Yes. So that's now, on my list. So now they have unrealistic expectations. And so therefore their demands or their expectations or what they seek, it makes it, it already sets the stage to where their partner is going to withdraw or not be interested or because there's no way they could satisfy that. There's no way they could fulfill what they see on the screen. Right. And sometimes what that person enjoys looking at on the screen is rather degrading right. to the other person. And they think that that's what my spouse wants me to be a part of. Right. And they don't want to, they don't want any part of that. And I can't say that I blame them. Yeah. So yeah, pornography use is a huge one. I think having had an extramarital affair on yep. either of their parts, uh, whether it's the most interested spouse who's been unfaithful or the least interested spouse who, yeah, believe it or not, disinterested spouses can actually have uh, sexual affairs. It usually starts as an emotional affair because there's not a strong emotional connection with the spouse that they are not having sex with, right. but it often turns into a sexual affair. So definitely unfaithfulness See, now what's is interesting going to drive a big fat wedge. What's interesting about that real quick, Shannon, is I've had a client long ago that actually said because she had the affair and her husband was just blown away because she was never interested in sex but the way she phrased it in session was classic 
of we got to talking about the whole idea of sex. And so it came out basically, she said, oh, yeah, I like sex. I just don't like sex with you. Ouch. Yeah. But it, it, he, to his credit, heard it well of, you're right. I wouldn't have liked sex with me either when we were younger. When I was that he earlier. understood that there were things that he needed to be doing it's, outside of the bedroom. Exactly. And he to understood impact her heart and mind. Well, he also understood that there were things he needed to do in the bedroom mm. that were more focused on her, that he was a selfish lover. And, ah. and it was selfish to a fault. You know, it wasn't selfish in the sense of I'm going to seek what I want and you're going to come at me with what you want. And together we're going to create this great connection. It was, no, 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 this is all about me. So bend over, baby. You know, this is, and, and so he yeah, heard so that degrading. and realized, yeah. And so he heard that and realized, okay, well, that's never going to be the case again. And they went on to great things. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. These can be overcome once yes. they're identified. It's identifying them as, that's the challenge. Yeah. Now, another one that keeps coming up in some emails recently, and we may want to do a show about this eventually, is um, age. Yeah. You know, some people just reach the age that their body slows down, their hormones slow down, and they're just not as interested as they once were. Yep. And what's really challenging is when you have a much older spouse married to a much younger spouse. Yep. And uh, yeah, I can I can imagine that creates all kinds of insecurities and frustrations and all of that jazz. So again, it needs to be talked about. Surely right. you knew when you married and you were 10 years apart or 20 years apart or whatever the case may be that you would reach that point in time where one of you is going to have a greater level of interest than the other, but it's not a hurdle that can't be overcome. Right. Another idea that comes to mind is there are so many women who have it stuck in their brains that men want to look at size two Abercrombie and Fitch airbrush supermodels. And if she doesn't fit that category, she doesn't want to take her clothes off. Right. But you have to, we, all of us women have to understand men don't care as much what we look like. They care more about how we feel in our own skin. Uh, it doesn't matter whether we're size two or a size 22. If we are sexually confident women and enjoy sharing our bodies with him, he's really not staring at the cellulite ripples or the stretch marks or the saggy boobs or the flat chest or the pregnant belly or anything like that. It's about your attitude. It's not right. about size or shape. It's about attitude. And I've known some women who are that size 22 who are a lot more sexually confident in their own skin than even little waif size supermodels. Right. So it really is what goes on between your ears rather than what your body looks like from the neck down. Right. And so the other thing that that brings to mind is sometimes a person's weight really does get so out of control that sex becomes a very laborious task. Right. And it become it can become a quite you know quite the challenging task when you can only engage in certain positions and and maybe it's just not as fun as it once was. And I would say that if your weight has elevated to the point that it has ne negatively impacted your sex life, there's lots of things that you can do to bring your weight back under control. Now I'm not saying you have to be a skinny mini by any no. stretch of the imagination, no, not at all. but no one needs to be obese. Right. No one need, you know, it may meet some sort of psychological need. And again, I think it goes back to maybe you were abused in the past and you use this weight as additional insulation to keep people away from you and to keep people from looking at you lustfully. But the reality is, is if it's negatively affecting your health or your relationship or your, your sex life, then it's time to do something about it. At least enough to bring it back down to a level where you can engage with you know, it, with confidence and enjoy what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Because that's, that's about the health of your life as well. That's, 
And a lot of these are that because we think, think about it. We all medicate somehow to the pains that life involves. We all have ways yeah. that we deal with that. And some of them are healthy. Some of them are not so healthy. And so it's, it's really about getting the entirety of your life in a more healthy direction. Yeah. So for people who are listening to the show today and their minds are opening to the idea that maybe I can identify the hurdle that has been holding me back. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can find healing and want to reconnect with my spouse, not because I feel like I have to, not because I feel like my arm is being twisted, but because maybe I still want to. Maybe there's something in, inside of me deep down once I dig through these layers that maybe I do want to be a sexual being again someday when I get there, when I feel as if I have crossed these bridges in this journey called life that I need to cross to feel uh, to feel normal again, to feel healthy again, to feel relational and playful again. What would you say to them if they had that epiphany today as a result of the show? Reach out to a, a local counselor to dig further into these issues? Yeah, it's, it's find somebody that's going to walk you through that and walk with you through that. So it's, it's multiple people, you know, it, 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 seeking professional help. If there's some sort of major wounding is it is a definite plus that, you know, you can, you can work with us, Shannon, right? I mean, both of us right. do this we, and we, we both we, offer, yeah, yeah you offer counseling if it's within the state of Texas or coaching, if it's outside the state right. of Texas, what I offer is called coaching across the board, no matter where you're located. Right. But it's, I also do the women at the well workshops yep. and sometimes I'll do a marriage intensive with a couple. You also do marriage intensive with couples, yep. right? Yep. So but by all means, it doesn't have to be one of us. No, if you but there's more also comfortable face to face yeah. with a professional in your area then find that person who can ask the right questions yes. and help you feel safe yes. and reestablish those boundary lines and help you get in touch with yourself once again, your true inner self. Right, because it's about creating a better path forward, a more healthy you. That it's, regardless of the relationship at this point, let's put that on the side. That's, that's on the table for a second. This is about you. This, mm -hmm. is, this is about each person being more whole, being more solid, being more alive. And so when you get that part of you, that way you can truly then decide what you want and, and what, you, what you want in your relationship, what you want in your life, what you want for your kids and all of that. It's, it's more about you at this point. So it's, it's realized, and the other caveat I would add is realize that when you're in the midst of a sexless marriage, it's still a, a system, right? It, it, no sex happening is still a part of the system. You're saying it's a systematic problem, not right. just an individual problem. Sure. Yeah, it definitely is because it takes two of you. So it's, but it's one that you both co-created. So the process of recreating something and creating something different is a shifting of that system. So it's not something that is easily done overnight, but it is part of a system. So subtle changes can start to bring about a different result. And that's where one, like you just mentioned, Shannon, one person has the epiphany of, you know, I don't want this. I, I'm realizing there's some connection to this and I had never put those together. Now, what do I do? Well, you seeking help is changing the system. And you can give your spouse hope by simply looking at he or she in the eye or him or her in the eye and simply saying, will you be patient with me yeah. while I walk down this path yeah. toward healing? I don't know where it's going to lead, but I just need you to be patient with me and I need you to believe in me and I need you to cheer me on. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that every spouse will want to offer that just out of the hope, not just hope that they'll get to have sex again, but no. out of hope for the best for you, right. that they want you to be a healthy, whole individual. And of course they are going to want to be patient and, and see you pursue that healing that you deserve to have. Right. Because to me, a big marker of growth is when I reach the points where what I want for my wife is what she wants for herself. And, yeah. And that's, that's a great way to put it, that's Corey. That's a huge path. So if I see her working towards something that's going to be better for her and that's what she wants, then, man, I'm all for that. Yeah. You know, because that's that's a better her and I get the benefit of a relationship with a better woman. Yeah. And, and you know what? I know that there are a lot of women out there. I'm going to end on this note. There are a lot of women out there that so undervalue themselves that they feel as if I could never ask my husband to spend money on a counselor or to pay to send me to a workshop or anything like that, that they just don't feel worthy of that investment. Right. I want to say, stop it. Yeah. You are so worthy of the investment. Yeah. If, if the spouse feels as if you are on a pursuit to learn these things about yourself and to overcome these challenges and to come home healthier and more interested in an intimate connection, don't hesitate to ask them to invest in that with right. you. Right. And also, this is kind of inside track on my profession, but have those conversations with your counselor too. You call them up. I mean, I have that. People call me up and they say, well, what's your fee? So I tell them and they're like, whoa, I don't want to pay that. But if they'll come back and say, you know, I can't pay that, but I can pay this. Would you do it? There's lots of times. Absolutely. I'll do yeah, it. There because, are lots of counselors who do sliding scales. Right. Because it's, or we're, payment plans we're in or, this profession to help people. So, yeah. you know, kind of, be forthcoming with what you want because that's kind of the whole path you're on right now is you're trying to become forthcoming with who you are. Ask for what you need. Yep. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio, and this has been a different one, but thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> so if there's something we missed, something you'd like to hear, send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll see you next time.